Have you ever experienced something so crippling in your life that has made you feel broken? I have. Are you someone who has a giving heart but is struggling to feel good themselves? Are you consistently putting your needs aside to take care of everyone else? If so, you're not alone. Giving starts with giving to yourself so that you are able to give of yourself to other people. Isn't it time you took back control and discovered what makes you tick? Join me in my journey and find out how you can feel better about yourself, live your best life, and share that with others. Thinking of yourself, it doesn't make you selfish. It makes you brave. I'm Nelia, and this is the Giving Starts With You podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Giving Starts With You podcast. Thank you so much for joining me again. I have a very special guest today, this special, special friend. Um, her name is Miri Grenhouse. So Miri is an author. She's a speaker. She's a fashion designer. She has so much wisdom that she wants to share with us today. Um, her book that she wrote is called Heal With Gold. And it's doing very well. And I cannot wait to hear more about her story and about why she wrote the book and a little bit about Kintsugi healing, I understand. So welcome to the show, Miri. How are you? Thank you so much. I'm so excited to be here. I appreciate your time and your followers' time so I can share uh, some of you know, the things that I learned in my life that I'm here to share and, 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 you know, affect everybody's life in a good and positive way. Oh, I'm honored to have you. Thank you so much. You know, life is really about learning for me and anything, you know, I'm open to anything that you, you, uh, yeah, you can share with us. This is going to be great, you know, and, and like we were talking about earlier, the, um, the show is about giving people resources to help them overcome. Okay, so I'm going to give you one. I'm going to give you, I'm going to give your, your listeners what catapulted my healing. And it was transformational. And it is something that it's not spoken. It's not something so common. I found inspiration in art. And, and, and I'll share with you. Okay, so thank you. I'm going to go, I'm going to tell you a little bit about uh, my past. I worked with ethics and compliance and pharmaceutical companies in graphics and marketing for 25 years. And my life was going well. I had ups and downs like everybody else, some health issues, some, you know, little things here and there, financial issues. We all go, right? Life is full of ups and downs. It's a mountainous terrain. Sometimes we're at the top. Sometimes we are at the bottom. But about seven years ago, I suffered a um, disconnect in the family, and I really saw myself as a family person, and I couldn't believe that there would be people that don't, wouldn't want me in their lives. And I was broken how I felt, and I described myself as broken beyond repair, and I did not believe that I could be joyous again and, and excited about life again, and I am naturally somebody who was very joyous, like little things made me very happy. But at that time of my life, I said, this is it. Now I understand all the people who are depressed, that are broken, that's me. I can't, I can't move, I can't function. I was so, so, so terribly sad. My husband was as well. 
one day I was sitting on my bed. Oh, let me just go back and explain that I decided to change careers. And the reason I decided to change careers was because I wanted to numb myself with work. I was going to do something I knew absolutely nothing about, and I would be so busy, so I wouldn't think about my pains. So I became a fashion designer. Okay, that's how I entered the world of fashion. I'm not, I don't consider myself a fashionista. I am very simple, but I'm artistic. And I figured I'll put my art there. I love entrepreneurship. So I'm going to build a new business and I'm going to be working 15 to 18 hours a day and I'm not going to feel my pain. And I succeeded. I mean, I was functional, but I was numbing. I, today I look back and I know that I was using my work just like any other drug that anybody uses to numb their pain. Okay. So here I am working in fashion, miserable because I was not dealing and we spoke a little bit about not dealing with pain right when you don't deal with pain it comes back to bite you bigger uh, than ever <laughs> bigger than ever so i'm lying down on my bed on a sunday upset thinking about life and ding goes my whatsapp and i check it out and i get a message from a friend whom i'm going to be confess i was a little bit upset about him because i felt that when i needed him the most he wasn't really there but you know, I also learned that when we are depressed and miserable, people don't want to be around us, right? <laughs> people are like, eh, I don't want to be around this person. She's so sad. I don't even know what to say to her. So some people disappear. But he sends me this message and I listened to the message. And it was this young Thai man describing the art of kintsugi. Now, this is a podcast and there is no video, so I can't show you the ceramics, but I encourage you to Google kintsugi and you will see that it is the art of mending pottery that broke. And the way the Japanese do it, they, they mend it with gold. They, they put gold where it had broken. So meaning they are not trying to hide where it broke, they're trying to emphasize where was the break. I love that. I love that. So beautiful, right? But it's beautiful. And what's most amazing is that the pottery that was worth nothing before, like imagine like a $5 pottery cup, whatever, now becomes so valuable because it's mended with lacquer and gold. The process of kintsugi is very slow. So it, it's very costly to do. And another thing that's very interesting is that if the piece falls again, it's not gonna break where it was broken before. It's stronger in that area. Other areas may break, but that area is not gonna break if it was mended properly. When I saw that as a visual learner, I said, oh my God, I am Kintsugi. I am going to put my pieces back together and I'm going to heal with gold and I'm going to become stronger than before. How I'm going to do it, I don't quite yet know, but I'm going to do it and I'm going to change my entire fashion brand to show Kintsugi and I'm going to become a brand that it's not so much about the clothing as it is about the message and supporting the women in their journey to healing. So my first was all my clothing have kintsugi designs and a lot of gold and silver because you could also do it kintsugi with silver. 
And that became my professional life. But I wasn't sure yet how to, what's the goal? How do I mend myself? So I decided to go on a search by interviewing women who had healed. Women, other women that had gone through adversity, but they considered themselves joyous. So for almost three years now, I interview weekly or bi-weekly, sometimes twice a week, and I hear their stories. And in the beginning, I only did a blog, a written blog. Today, I also have it live on a, in a Facebook group. But I not only interviewed their stories, I wrote the lessons that I learned from each woman. And after, and after about two years, I started seeing patterns. And I started seeing that all the women, didn't matter what the adversity was, and it didn't matter their background, their color, their age, nothing, but it didn't matter the adversity. I've spoken to women that had been raped, abused, uh, lost limbs, um, anxiety and depression, suicidal, a divorce, you know, so many different types of adversity. And I, but I saw that the process to healing was the same. So the adversity itself didn't matter. So I was like, okay, the adversity doesn't really matter. Each one has their own story. But the actions that these women took, they all took. So that became my book. I, I became very passionate about combining everything that I learned from the women so they can see, okay, these are the 10 top actions that all these women did and, you know, took upon themselves in order to heal. And I did first. I, before I wrote the book, I said, I'm going to implement it in my life and let's see how I feel. And I healed. And, and healing doesn't mean that you don't cry. It doesn't mean that you don't have sad days and difficult days and that you don't wish it was different. That, that's not what healing means. But healing is seeing the, the beauty in life, being grateful for the wonderful things that you do have and living life to the fullest despite that thing that happened to you and recognizing that that made you better, stronger, just like Kintsugi, right? More resilient, wiser, and that you have something now that you are responsible to gift other people. And that's the kindness is when you go out and you share your story with people and you, you explain what, what helped you and you give that, you give that to other people. Ultimately, that is the one that the, the activity, you know, the action that you take that brings you the most, most joy in your life. Uh, so I go that through that in the book. I'm creating a course because I became obsessively passionate about helping other women heal. Some people ask me if I'm gonna do it for men too. And then <laughs> men are welcome, they're welcome. You know, I started, you, you heard some interviews, uh, one interview with a man. So I started interviewing men. I just feel that I get women, you know, for being a woman and understanding certain hormonal things that we go through and certain, uh, you know, nat nat natural desires that we have. Um, but it is for everybody. The concepts work for everybody. Uh, so I hope that the course is going to be ready in January. The book is out. I do speak. I have the course and I have the fashion. But my life is really completely surrounded and focused on that. 
And when I started this whole process, I said, I just need to help one woman. I just need to help one. If I help one, then it was worthwhile to go through everything that I had to go through. And then it becomes addictive because you help that woman, right? And then that woman tells you, oh my God, you changed my life. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so amazing. I have to help more women. So it, you, you really become obsessed with wanting to help and give up your wisdom, give up yourself, share the message so other people can apply that to their lives and find joy. That's so beautiful. I'm so happy. And you look, so I know people can't see you, but you look so happy. Like you can really tell that you love what you're doing. So that's, it's amazing. And I love what you said about healing doesn't mean you don't cry because for me, like I find when you're healing, you actually cry more, but that's okay because it means you're dealing with it, right? Exactly. Sadness, disappointment, those are natural emotions that we feel. And when we do a disservice is when we try to bottle and not accept it because we think it's not cool or whatever. Uh, but it is an emotion just as joy is an emotion mm. and happiness and, and excitement. And we have to live it the same way that we live all the emotions. But what we can't do is just go into that place and stay there forever. We need to go, acknowledge, feel, take the time that it needs to, you know, and for each person, that amount of time is different. Some mm -hmm. people need more time. Some people you know, they give it a quick cry and they're up and going happy again. But uh, yeah, and joy is not constant and happiness is not constant. It's a choice that we make every single day. Am I going to take the effort to do what it takes for me to achieve joy? And, and it's a decision in every interaction, in every relationship you have with people, you can choose to be upset, you can choose to be disappointed, or you can choose to say no, but I prefer to be joyous and happy than right. It's true. Yeah, because it's like my listeners will know that I suppressed my grief for 12 years. And that just made things bigger and bigger and bigger. And more problems came and more problems came. And it just you know, I was diagnosed with all of these things because I didn't talk about it because, you know, it was a protection. I thought if I don't talk about it, it'll be better, you know? And what happens is I'm glad you said that you have to choose that because during that time I would say to myself, why isn't anybody helping me? Why aren't people making me feel better? Can nobody oh. see that I'm hurting? What is going on? How insensitive is everybody? when it wasn't until later that I realized I chose that to a certain I, extent, you know? I cannot tell you how happy I am that you said that because, and it's in my book, I explain the difference between the victim, survivor, and thriver. Mm. The goal is to become a thriver, but we all start as a victim. And what what characterizes a victim is exactly what you said, is when we are waiting for outside people and sources to come and help us and save us and take us from our situation. And we say, it's not fair. I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. Why did I have to go through Why this me? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And it, it's, it's so true. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that we connected on that, on that thing, because it's like, 
but when you're in that place, like, as you know, when you're in that darkness and you have that anxiety and depression, sometimes you can't think further, like you're not thinking straight. So I appreciate the fact that you wrote that in your book so people can see that they're not alone in the different stages, mm-hmm. you know, cause we 100%. all do it. We all, we all do it. Right. And I, I always like to say that every thriver was once a victim. Mm. You know, you, you, it's not that there is a victim and then the victim is a victim forever. Yes. And there is a survivor and the survivor is a survivor forever and so on. It's not like that. We are all, all of them. And it's just like, how do we choose our life? Are we going to stay stuck in one step or are we going to progress to the next level? Yeah, when, when something bad happened in your life, you have the right to be a victim for a certain amount of time. The problem is when you stay there for a very long time. So you stay there for 12 years. So what happens? Your body starts sending you signals that you're in the wrong place. And it can't talk to you, right? But it talks to you through all kinds of physical ailments that you start feeling. And so for some people are panic attacks. Some people, they become suicidal. Some people, it depends on addictions, heart attacks cancer, strokes, right? All of that can come from us not listening that we are just stuck in a place where we need to get out and we need to really work on our mind and our soul because we are spiritual beings living in a physical body. But we have a spirit, we have a soul, we have a body, we have to take care of all of them, not just on on one of them. And unless... Unless we're looking at the whole picture as of our experience of living experience, we can't heal. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And that's why I created the show to begin with too, because we're not, I know for me, we were talking about this earlier. We're not always taught to take care of ourselves. It's conceited or, you know, Mm -hmm. we put ourselves above others and that's like a problem and we shouldn't do these things. But I think we all as humans just want the same things. We all want to feel good. We all want to feel like, you know, forgiveness. We all want to feel all these beautiful things, but I think we're so hard on ourselves and we help mm-hmm. everybody around us, which is great. You should be helping people. You know, I love that. <laughs> um, but you do, you do have to take the time and take the responsibility. Like what you said, um, take the responsibility and realize that it has to start with you. Yes. I'm going to tell you something about the cover of my book. Yes. The cover of my book has a picture. It's an illustration of a vase fixed with kintsugi that forms the the profile of a a woman's face, okay? So why the vase? And and this is the reason I'm connecting with what you said. I always saw myself as a vase. And why as a vase? Because I felt that I was the container that sustained my family. you know, I gave the water for my flowers to blossom, for my family, right? And I, I gave and I sustained and I carried them. And when the disconnect happened in the family, I felt that my vase shattered and I no longer could be that source of sustenance and of love. And only when you fix your vase is that you can put the water again and flowers again. And this is exactly what you said. We forget that if we don't take care of ourselves, we are that broken vase 
and we cannot help others. But we first have to, to do the proper work to put our pieces back together so we can then again be of service to others. It's I love that imagery. Like when you're telling that story, I love that. And I love the cover of your book. It's beautiful. Thank you. I really felt as a person. And when I saw that Kintsugi video, it kind of connected because anyway, I felt like I was a broken vase, you know? Uh, so I just want people to know that there is hope. I, I feel that Kintsugi in art is such a visual way to give people hope because yes, you can mend your broken pieces and there's nothing wrong. You don't need to hide it. The opposite, you should highlight it because everything that you went through in life and every pain that you experience, that is exactly what makes you more valuable, more unique, more special, because the lessons that you have to share now, that is the value of, the intrinsic value of a person is their experiences. So we shouldn't hide it. We shouldn't not talk about it. We have to talk about it. That's the goal is when we share it, we share our wisdom, and then we help other people heal through our stories, through our experiences. Yeah, don't be ashamed. Like even when we look in the mirror, we see scars and wrinkles, but that tells the story of who we are. A hundred percent. I love that imagery, the way you explained it. It's so beautiful. Thank you. You know, this, this is how I feel. This is the message that I got. This was my aha moment. And I just want to share it because I think that people heal differently. People connect with different messages, heal differently. But somebody may hear this and say, oh, I'm Kintsugi, you know, or I'm, I'm going to become the most beautiful Kintsugi piece. I'm going to do the work. And uh, yeah, so now I'm creating this course. And as I'm creating the course, you know, I was telling my husband, I wish I had that when I was going through the process. Because it's such a walk step by step. And I'm just so excited to be able to get, you know, be able to give that to other people. I definitely want to learn more about it because I, as you were explaining it, Kintsugi, to me, um, to us, I really could resonate with that feeling and to fill the cracks with something beautiful, you know, it's just, and I loved when you said it doesn't crack in the same way because you do, you heal parts of yourself, you know, mm -hmm. and yeah, once you have the tools and the strength to accept it even. I know with me, I had a hard time accepting. I was angry when I was diagnosed with anxiety. I was angry about it. Cause I'm like, why, you know, why? But wow, I've grown so much since then. You know, like sometimes we're angry about the things that happen. I want you to know that I interviewed a lot of women with anxiety that today don't have any anxiety. And they were very, very heavily medicated. Many of them were suicidal, had tried to commit suicide. And today they're not on medication. And I have to tell you, I was blown away. Some of them had really depression. One had the trichotillomania. You know, she pulled all her hair out and she became bald from the stress that she felt and the anxiety and the depression. And I was blown away because I really didn't know uh, that you can, some people can heal from that. And it, it takes work, it takes commitment, it takes making a renewed choice every single day. But those interviews are there to give hope to people that nobody should feel this is me for the rest of my life. It doesn't have to be sometimes, Sometimes it's chemical, sometimes it's a medical, you know, it's not because of a trauma, it's not because of an occurrence. You know, for that there is medication, but a lot of the people that I spoke to, 
you know, they started their anxiety and depression because of a trauma that they suffered. And it triggered all of that. The body was really screaming on fire that they had those unresolved pains and hurts to, to go through. And it's a process and it's difficult work. And I tell everybody who asks me about the course and I said to them, it's not going to be easy, mm. you know, it's not, but it'll be worth it. Right. It's not that you're going to be watching a video and after you watch the video, you're done. First of all, it's not just video. We have music. We have sound. You, you were telling me about your love for music, <laughs> music heals. So we, we have a, we have that and we have art and we're doing a multidisciplinary course. Uh, but it's hard because it's a decision that you have to make anew every single day. You know, it's not, it, it's not, you do it and you're done. There's no, no such thing. And there's a lot of ups and downs. You're not going to, it's not going to be up the whole time, right? You're going to feel things and it's going to be hard, but got to keep going. Exactly. I'm just going to, uh, to end to part ways. I'm going to share uh, something that one of the women told me that really was life changing for me. And I want to gift that to, to your people. I asked her about the whole concept of God doesn't give us more than we can handle. And this person is a very, very orthodox, religious person. And she told me that she doesn't believe in it. She, and I was like, what? You, what are you saying? And look at what she answered me. She said, God give you outside of what you can handle because the purpose of life is growth. And growth happens when you expand outside of what was your status quo so god is always giving you right outside of what you can handle and the growth that pain is the growth because if it was inside of what you could handle you wouldn't feel the growth it's like you go to the gym and you would take a half a pound weight you could do you know raise the bar all day right but if you go and you take 10 pounds and then 20 pounds and then like holy moly this is really hard right it's outside what you can handle and then more you'll do it you'll strengthen your muscles and i really like that because you know we we need faith you know we need to know that we have somebody there yes we're being tested but it's for our benefit it's for our growth and there is healing there is yeah, that's remarkable. I love that too. It's like you're raising the bar, you know, you have to have, you have to have something to push yourself. No, that's beautiful. <laughs> um, in your book, you have a chapter on kindness. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yes. So through all of my interviews with thrivers, I noticed that every single one of them, and we're talking a lot of interviews, all these women ended up taking exactly what broke them to help others. So it's very interesting because let's say if a woman had been raped, she went to work with rape victims. Uh, if a woman had uh, been in a marital, in a marriage that was abusive, she helped other women. And they all found the way that suited them. Some wrote books, some became coaches, some became uh, just somebody to listen to. You know, they did phone calls to help these women. Some did fundraisings. It didn't matter. Each one found the way to give back in exactly what broke them. And they, all of them said to me, 
that because they were they were at the point that they were thriving right they are at a point that they're joyful and they're giving in that area of what broke them they all told me that they nobody wishes to go through brokenness nobody wishes to go through adversity but they all are so happy with their lives of giving that today they don't they didn't wish to go back to before what had happened to them because they became so much stronger and better and more beautiful and they recognized that their lives were so meaningful and they said yeah i didn't wish to go through that pain but now that i went through the pain and i became the person that i became i don't want to go back to the person from before i'm happy with the person that i am right now i'm proud of the work that i'm doing of the legacy that i'm leaving so yeah, I feel that when you get to the point that you can become a giver, and sometimes it takes a little bit of time because you have to put that vase back together, right? You can't add water to a broken vase. You, you need to first mend the vase somehow, and then you put the water in to be able to be a giver. But really giving is the ultimate medicine for joy, to create more joy. It is the most lasting, has the most lasting effect in the joy level of a person because yeah, people do retail therapy, they go, they buy something. How long after you bought that thing, the excitement is still there? Not much, much time. So even accomplishments, some people say, oh, I'm gonna get a higher degree. They get a higher degree, they get excited, but then it becomes just part of their lives. But giving, when you know that you are of service and that you change somebody's life, and somebody is, is a little bit better today because of what you did, that joy, nobody can take away. It's, it's lasting joy. Oh my God, I love that. You know, I agree with that 100%. Like, you could not have said that better. It's, and you know, I sometimes say it's a selfish thing because when I give, I'm also like doing it for selfish reasons because I know, like, they're going to give me back more than I can give them. Like it yes. always happens that way, you know, and it's just like, yeah, it's amazing because sometimes when I interview people as well and their pains are now what they're passionate about. Right. And I love that so much because not only does it make it um, less painful, but it continues to be healing for the person. So I think sometimes I don't know if you agree with me, but I think maybe the some of the reasons why people tend to stay in the same topic. Like you were saying, if somebody has been raped, they work with, it's because it's continuing to heal them and you need that. A hundred percent. No, I, I agree with you a hundred percent because every time that they do it, it gives purpose to what happened. It gives you every, every day that you help somebody that, go, that goes through the same suffering that you did. And for example, in your case, if you help somebody else with anxiety, you're doing your show, you're helping so many people, all the listeners that feel anxiety. So every time you know, okay, there was purpose to my anxiety. It wasn't for nothing. It wasn't a waste of life. Mm -hmm. It was a life with purpose. Because now all of these women who are hearing these stories and are going to go to sleep and saying, today I'm gonna do X, Y, and Z that, from, that a guest suggested, and they're making themselves less anxious, it's because of you. And that happened because you started speaking. Mm -hmm. So Absolutely. It becomes, right? It's this snowball effect of wonderful 
feeling that you know you get you give and you get it's almost like yeah. you don't want other people to hurt the way you hurt you know like for me i want to make sure that people aren't lonely that's a big thing for me you know yeah. because there's a lot of people out there suffering and life is hard enough to deal with things with people around you but when you feel like you're alone it's unbearable it's you don't know where to start so it's important exactly. to become a part of a community and important to um to have a voice you know so i love that you have this community and i love that you're interviewing all these women it's like because you were interviewing them for so long it's sort of like you did a study you know you did a study yeah yeah but the difference was that during the period of time that i was blogging i was really writing and assessing it wasn't just an interview and here i am and i post the interview i was when i started doing Research. it i yeah i did it for like eight months before i even wrote the first blog I want, I was really out searching for an answer because I wanted for myself. And once I found it, I said, well, I need to share. Then I implemented. And then when I started feeling better, I said, I have to share it. I mean, I can't not share this. And I hope to share more. I'm thinking about, about another book, uh, more with the stories, with the lessons and how I did that whole process. Because it's very important to analyze when you hear something. You know, we are in a time that there is so much content out there. What do you listen to? What do you, what do you keep it with you? What do you, you know, it's so much. So people need to learn how to listen and what to listen and what to consume. And they have to think about their well-being, protect their space, protect their time, find a couple of communities. You don't need more than a couple of the right places. Yes. If you're in the right place, you don't need too many. You just need to be in the right place with the right people and have the right support. And as far as loneliness, and I agree with you wholeheartedly, and I'll tell you the first thing that I recommend people when they talk, because I started coaching too, and not because people went, came to me and asked me, and I've spoken to people that felt very lonely. And I say, you are always with somebody. You're always with yourself. And when you love yourself, you feel less lonely. Yeah, you want to have people around you to do things with you, to enjoy things. Life, life is better when you're not alone, for sure. But the, the first thing that you have to fix is your, your relationship with yourself. Because if you love yourself, then you never feel so completely alone. And I travel a lot for business, and I eat a lot of meals alone by myself, and I spend time when I'm traveling by myself. But I don't feel lonely because I feel like, heck, I'm great. You know, <laughs> I'm excited being with me. I can think, yes. I can plan, I can sing and nobody's going to pass out because I sing so horribly. But when <laughs> I'm alone, I can sing and nobody shush me. So we need to find ways to love ourselves more, not to think that this is selfish. It's not selfish. You know, there's only one of you. I have a friend that always says, God doesn't sponsor any flops. And he says that, and I'm like, so true, you know? How, uh, we're a work of art, you know? It's so true. Yeah. And I think most of us start off with loving ourselves, and then we hear things, you know? We hear other people's opinions of us, and we change who we are based on that. And we change our identity based on, um, you know, things people say, we tend to believe all the negative things. And that's when I think our perception changes, right? But I'm so it's so important to um, love your own company. Because I mean, you're with yourself all the time, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs>
and, and not, yeah, like you said, not to hear other people because we cannot be what they want us to be because then we're not living congruent with our values. We innately have values and we need to live congruent with our values, not with somebody else's values. So when people have different values and everybody have different top values, right? So when we're living ours, somebody else is going to have something to say mm -hmm. because it's not congruent with their values, but that's okay. So that's why we can't always listen to the opinions and the desires and expectations of others. We have to really look inwards and live our true selves, you know, why we're here, what do we need to do? What's our job? What's special about us and live that life. Yeah. I love that, you know, cause a lot of people, I don't know. I think they have a hard time saying, Hey, I'm a good person. There's nothing mm -hmm. wrong with, with admitting that there's nothing yeah, wrong. Yeah. You know, it's like we find flaws. Like, you know, sometimes you'll see women get together at a coffee shop and one will start, Oh, my husband, this, and the other one's, Oh yeah, mine too. You know, why don't we say something positive about our spouses or, you know, just cause one thing feeds off another feeds off another. And I feel like it's just more accepted to, to talk yeah. about misery than it is to try to bring people up, right? Yes, and by the way, misery attracts more misery. So if you want your life to be miserable, just bring up all these miseries and have those conversations because you, that's what you're going to attract. People really don't take into consideration the law of attraction, which is really a law and people should study that. But when you raise your vibrations and you're living a joyful, happy life, you attract more of that. So when you speak well of people, when you speak well about yourself, you attract more of that. You know, you know, I'm in the fashion world and I'm definitely bigger. And uh, a lot of people, you know, have this expectation that if you're in the fashion world, you need to like not eat. And I enjoy eating and I, I'm good with it. And I always tell people, I give the best hugs, you know, go, go hug somebody who's bones, you know, that's not their strength. They can walk on a fashion week and they can walk on a stage and, and that's great for them. And I can't do that, but I can give a, a wonderful, cozy, loving hug. And I'm excited about that. That's right. And maybe and me too. <laughs> I'm... And, 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 and that's maybe what I'm here for. I'm not here to walk on the stage in fashion week. I'm here to give hugs, but I'm okay with that. Mm, I love that. That's you know? so beautiful. <laughs> honestly and I keep thinking about what you said about choosing um because you know I think some people that are just starting to recognize maybe their depression and anxiety and things that they want to heal um are like no 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 it's not about me it's about other people other people need to make me feel better and when when if I say to somebody who's maybe new at, at getting to know themselves and if I say that no, you can choose this. Sometimes they'll get angry because they're like, no, if I wanted to choose different, I would be happy, you know, but it's so true. Like I have the same imagery as you have with the vase. I have, I always think of myself um, as a bird in a bird cage, a locked cage. Mm -hmm. And so I have a bir uh, bird cage, but it opens on the inside. Mm -hmm. So for me, that's my imagery. So I don't have to wait for somebody to let me out. Mm -hmm. I love that. there is actually, you know, an opening inside. I just have to allow myself to do it. I love that. I really love that. There's two things I want to share with you. One 
is the interview that I did today. I interviewed a woman who had two strokes. And after the first stroke, her husband, her first husband, who was actually abusive, he left her. And, you know, everybody, she, in the interview, she speaks about taking responsibility. And she said, yes, I was abused, but you, and, and right, so you can blame the abuser. And she said, but hold on a second. I allowed for that to happen, right? So I have to take responsibility for what I did because I can't be responsible for his actions, but I can't be responsible for me allowing. And if I recognize that, that I did that, and I don't want to do that anymore, now I'm empowered to choose to make a different, a different life for myself. And she, after the stroke, met somebody amazing who stood by her. She had a second stroke, he stood by her. And she said it was a choice that I had to see the value in myself. And once I accepted my responsibility in the mess that I was in, even though I was a victim, but I had a, you know, an authority. I had something that I could do to get myself out. And the other thing that I want to share with you about your birdcage, because I love the, the vision of it, you know, the imagery, and I'm a, a visual learner. So for me, this is amazing. And it connects to a conversation I had with my husband. Many years ago, we were struggling financially very much. And we had just, you know, had a great year in the business. It was in the marketing business. And then uh, there were changes in the company of my client. So all the work froze. They weren't allowed to give more work. So we didn't have any income. But I was trying very hard to reach other customers and I couldn't. And it never happened in my life that there was nothing. Like I would try to do business cards for $10 and even that I didn't get. I'm like, I'll just take 10% of the printing. I'll do the design for free. And I couldn't get it. It was so obvious, right, that there, that there was a message because it was so ridiculously crazy how I couldn't do any business that time. So we were lying down in bed, looking at the ceiling, feeling very sorry for ourselves. And I tell my husband the following, and here comes that imagery that reminds me of your cage. I said to him, to my husband, I feel like I'm in this circular hallway with tons of doors and I'm trying to open these doors, but it's like God is right behind the door, holding it shut, not letting me open it. And my husband, and I said, and that makes me so sad. So my husband said, and this makes me so happy. I said, happy? How does this make you so happy? He's shutting the door. I'm trying to open, escape, and, and he can't. And he said, that makes me happy for two reasons. And listen to this different perspective. Can't wait to hear okay. it. My husband said, first of all, that makes me so happy is because he's right outside the door. <laughs> Look how close he is. He's not far away. He didn't forget about you. He's right outside the door. And then you know what he said? Maybe we're trying to open the door out. And what we need to do oh, is to wow. open the Very door wise in husband. And let, and let God in. And you know what? I was like, wow. I just need to let God in. And you know what? And I got goosebumps. Moment, I swear I do. <laughs> That's amazing. This was many years ago, but I never forgot it. And it's so true because when we let God in, and we say, you know what, I'm your child. You take care of me. And, and for other people that are not people of faith, I think that I can tell you one thing. Every single thriver believed in something bigger than themselves. Some can call God, some can call something else, but they all believed in something bigger. 
So uh, if you don't believe in anything bigger, maybe that's the first place that you should search because when you don't have, you lose hope when you don't feel that there is a bigger story and a bigger picture. Now, every person can find God in, in a different way. And I'm not a, somebody that tells people, you, you need to be of disbelief or disbelief, not at all. I think that each person needs to find what for them means that something bigger, that power. For me, I see it as God, my creator, but each person sees what is good for them. But when you let God in, when you let that power in, and you say, I'm your child, you take care of me. You take care of me. You feed me. You put me here. Find a way. If I have to go, right? If, you, if, you, if I have to go through some, some difficult days, I'll go through some, but don't, but I'm with you. I'm with you. You're with me. I'm not alone because I, I have your strength and your support and your love and, and really believing that we're loved just because we are just, and you know, you're a mother. We love our children. The moment the baby comes out, you know, it only created pain for us from beginning to end. <laughs> like, yes, it was like nausea, throwing up, we're bigger, stretch marks itching, pain, the birth, let's not even go there. And then the baby comes out and we love them. That's exactly. It doesn't matter what we sinned. It doesn't matter if we were a bad person. Our creator loves us just because. And we should love ourselves for the same reason. Exactly. So when we feel that love, you know, then, then we could do anything. Thank you. I'm just thinking about what your husband said. Absolutely wise, like so beautiful. Right? That's your cage. The moment you saw the cage, I went back to that day. And it was funny because my cage opened from the inside. I realized I'm the only one that can let myself out of it. And then when the door was open, I didn't have to run away. I didn't have to escape because I was okay. You know? Yeah. It's very interesting. Life is interesting. You know, I love meeting people like you. Thank you for coming on the show. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. And, you know, you can share my, my contact with, with your followers. And I'm always here to help. I love to help. I love to be a friend. Um, and, and thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. No, that's awesome. Is there anything we didn't get to talk to about that you wanted to talk about? No, I think that we did a lot. We covered a lot. I think <laughs> good <laughs> fantastic i'm gonna definitely learn more about kintsugi and about your book and yeah so i know it's on amazon i'm gonna put all the links at the end of the show notes so that everybody can get in contact with you and even if you're not if you're listening to this and if you're not one of those people that is struggling maybe you have somebody in your life that maybe you can share with them some of the things that you took from this episode or perhaps even just reaching out to somebody, knowing that somebody you love or somebody you care about may be feeling these things. Yeah. Thank you so much for, I'm so honored to meet you and thanks everybody for listening. Thank you. <laughs> we'll be in touch. Yeah, thanks, Mary. My pleasure. Good night. You too. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode. If you enjoyed what you heard, please subscribe or leave a review. See you next week on the Giving Starts With You podcast.